0: Welcome to another episode of Two Average Joes. We have our special guest again, Crystal Goins. Who hope I pronounced that right because I have like a horrible time.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got it.
0: There we go. Uh, again, I'm Joseph St. John. I got about 30 years of law enforcement. My partner in crime is back, Mr. Baker.
2: Robert Baker. I'm a trial attorney in Southwest Michigan. I do a lot of uh, criminal uh, defense and uh, several different trial litigation uh, Practice areas.
0: All right. Crystal, I know you're involved in the legal profession too. Tell us a little bit about yourself for those that have not heard you before.
1: Uh, I started off graduating from Fair State University with my degree in Bachelor in social work. Um, and I did nursing home social work for about 10 years. Decided that wasn't my thing anymore and started working for Robert in his law office here in Allegan. And I've been there for about four years almost.
0: Right. And I've, I've, I know I've worked with you. I know you, you are more than somebody just works at property. You, you, <laughs> are, you are very good and you understand the law. We had a little meeting before, Crystal, and I kind of want you to go over something you said, which was, you know, we try to find like with, with one of the one of the situations here. And we're going to talk about it a little bit is by the time Don's murder happens, it is increased not only in the frequency, but in the violence. Okay. You're starting to see things pick up and you said something I thought was really good that we want to share with our listeners, which is, you would think it'd be easy to try to figure that out, but kind of let us know what you figured out while you tried to take a look into some people's beliefs in serial killers.
1: Yeah. Well, you want to be able to fit people into a category or rationalize why things are, are happening. And so looking at the frequency and the intensity and the brutality of things, trying to research and see if there was any studies out there about why um, serial killers or murderers do amp up and get fired up and start killing quicker, more brutal. And there just really was nothing out there to to give a reasoning as to what is happening and what's going on for that to happen.
0: Yeah, I think it was, like I said, I wish I could, I've read so much, and I think we've all been in here where we're like over, you know, and I wish I could give them credit, but they said, you're trying to rationalize the irrational. So I, I do think that you, it would be easy to sum it up and go, well, you know, such, we don't know that. And I don't think that anybody's willing to kind of step up and say that. And Robert, your kind of thought on that.
2: Well, you know, I sent you that article from Psychology Today on serial killers, and then I, we had discussed previously, I'm, I've gone back to that Mindhunter, uh, the FBI profiler, which we kind of poo-poo profilers, and I'm still a little iffy on whether they've ever profiled anybody, it seems right, like right. <clears throat> all the killers that get caught. And that's where I believe John Norman Collins and or his compadres are heading, uh, is, is that they that not only does the violence increase and the frequency of the murders increase, but they start getting sloppy. And I don't know. And Joe and I have talked about it. It seemed like at the last murder, and we're not there yet, <clears throat> that he is convicted of, that he's riding around. Everybody sees this dude with this woman yeah. on the back of it.
0: Yeah. When you get to the last murder and we we go over that, you're going to see this other twist where there's no secret here. I mean, he's letting everybody know that he's out there on that line, okay? So it is a tougher call. I think one of the things, and and there'll be a link down for last week's episode, and we're just gonna kind of, this is the postscript, and we're just kind of going over it and close and ends on it, is there's an interesting part of me that says, okay, he's, he's, doing these things and getting things going. And there's this uptick if whatever you want to call it. And people want to make it sound like you can follow it. And it goes back to kind of what Crystal said, where it's like, it's not really that easy. Um, It all starts off where it's very easy to call this guy the co-ed killer. But by the time you get to Don, she's not a co-ed and she's not looking for a ride. And I, and I think that's important for people to think about. So, I I I'm hoping that as we go and we look at some of these other ones, that we spend as much time talking about differentials than we do the things that are the same. Mm-hmm. And That's again, we right. you know we're speculative, but um, you know, I have my suspicions, and I think Robert, you do too, and Crystal probably you also, that you know, maybe this isn't one person by themselves each time, that there's other people involved.
1: Well, so something interesting I had found. Um, Fox news, Detroit actually published a story back, uh, July 26th of 2019. Mm-hmm. And it was on the, the Michigan murders. Um, and it was interesting cause they, they have statements from other women that were approached by Collins or, um, knew Collins and had had interactions with him. And there's a woman in here that her name was Rona and she was an 18 year old freshman. Um, and she said, John Collins came up beside me in his car. He was just following me home, asked if she wanted a ride. She finally gives up and gets in the car and he promises her the next day for a ride on his motorcycle. Um, and she says, most of the time I saw him, he was riding motorcycles. He picked me up from class, she said. And then it, he told her, they. Uh, Rona was always with her classmates when John would get her. They thought he seemed nice. He liked to take her riding the back roads past the woods and farms and abandoned barns. We were always going down Geed's Road and we'd stop at this old farmhouse, she said. I said, John, I just saw something. This is where they've been finding bodies. He said, yeah, I know. You want to go look for some? Yeah, he, um,
0: I have been a big believer of this since day one. And again, on the screen here, you can see kind of where the bodies were. And these were the, the young ladies from Michigan that was there from the Detroit Free Press. I think in that second murder with Shell, with Joan Shell, I think he had been so open about it to even, other people knowing stuff and then he was just able to blow it off. But there's just something about him where, you know, we've never been able to talk to him. I mean, Mm -hmm. nice to try to talk to him, but it's, it it sticks with me that, that he was probably a lot open, a lot more open with this than he made it. I hate to use the term. Then sometimes when they're writing about it, they make believe on it. Like, he's some sort of secret dude, and I'm starting to wonder sometimes just how secret he was
1: yeah i don't I don't think he really really was because there, there were a few other women talking in this uh, mm. article about you know interactions and how lucky they were to have not found themselves in the same same situation, situation. Um, then I had also found an interesting article out there i believe it was um on the foreignology.com right they write through well apparently you know how he he was trying to get um sent back to canada right but in order to go to canada he has to still have family there that are willing Mm -hmm. to sponsor and support him even though he has citizenship there well everybody in his family is dead except for like a A cousin who was little when he was you know arrested and so he spent a long period of time just shooting the shit with this cousin and talking about the old days and remember you know this that and the other and then come to find out he was trying to groom him to become his his sponsor but he had some interesting things to say about like collins's dad you know who was painted as an abuser his Mm -hmm. biological dad and he really yeah from from this cousin says he he wasn't you know collins's mom had some mental health issues that put her in a position where she ended up adiosing with the kids and didn't want him to have any involvement even though he he was a good you know a good dad for what what it was in the time of being in the military. Yeah, I think, I, you know, I'm
0: glad that you said that because I'm going to tell you something. I see this with other people who are in the, the light, um, you know, where they've been bad guys and they go back and they'll usually find one parent to brutalize, okay, mm-hmm. if not both. But then when you really break it down, it probably wasn't really that. You yeah. know, it, it, it it's not saying that everybody or the parent was perfect. That's not what we're saying, but we're merely saying not as bad as you think it was. Like it's interesting in the Michigan murder book that the writer who I like, I mean, I think he's a good writer, I think it's a good book, he he tend to lean towards that, you know, because we all get to be junior psychologists when we do this. He started really leaning that Collins hated his mom. And yet I have seen no evidence of that.
1: that. No, but it's, I think that's one of those things mm-hmm. where you're trying to put him in a box and make him fit the pattern. Cause most serial killers and murderers who brutalize women in that way. Yeah. There is a, a female figure or something that they are. They're reacting. Right. Right. There's something they're okay. reacting. to. Yep.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Crystal. And I, but I think we sometimes get in there and try to rationalize the irrational. Because like I said, if you go back to the Michigan Murders and you, you the book, and it's an excellent book, I suggest everybody read it, um, in spite of the fact that he changed everybody's name, which just makes things extremely difficult when you're doing yeah. research. But with that said, it's a, it's, a, it's a great book and it's written well, but I, I never quite understood how you got to get to, he doesn't like his mom. Because there's no, there's no proof of that. And she was super supportive of him. She took every dime she had to try.
1: It, you know, the, the thing of it is, though, is she was very, very controlling, too, yeah. it, from what you can see. Because they were saying that even during the trial, mm-hmm. she was the only one that was going to release statements. Yeah. After he was convicted, she you didn't talk or print anything without talking to her. And then once she died, there was nobody in that position right, but i right. i don't know if that leads to why there's no real information out on the internet regarding these murders like you you have very few limited resources to right, find right. information out there on any of them
0: right robert you keep talking about that when we get together that there's never any there's not a, a what a definitive
2: yeah 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 there's no definitive there's you know, there's there's four or five books and a couple of 48 hours and then, you know, 20, 20, whatever the heck it is, but nothing really definitive. And it kind of rehashes the same old stuff. But what we have found is more than I've ever seen, you know, and it's just some of it's deductive or inducive uh, reasoning. But where I'm at on and this is what the, the fifth murder. Yeah. So so Alice Callum is next. Okay, she's another University of Michigan student that's shot in the head twice. Okay, so right. that's if you remember that's what Mixer was. But this is the first one where they found the the actual kill kill site of the crime scene. Right. Okay, and they found it in the next one too. So remember when I was saying he's getting sloppier, him or they? And I'm leaning heavily towards they, and that is why you're having two different MOs or three different MOs in these things. Cause we, from the very beginning, it was pointed out that when that body was found or what was left of that body, that, mm-hmm. that, that the kids who found it heard two voices in the door slamming of two different cars. Right. Right. And then, and then the second one, there definitely was three dudes in the car. Right. And and that car just showed up again, this red Chevrolet, which Pontiac and Chevrolet general motors back then, they didn't, they're, Vehicles didn't look a whole lot different. Mm-hmm. Look at a GTO and a, and a, a Chevelle mm-hmm. back in the day, a 69 Chevelle and a GTO. They look pretty much the same. So I'm, I'm almost all in that, that there was at least two killers, maybe three. Mm-hmm. And we have some supreme suspects of that. Right. He's going to go to California here in the next 30 days after this murder and kill Roxy Phillips
1: right and with him being a fraternity member i mean it's not always a bad or good thing but fraternities have that pack mentality you know
2: right?
1: if, if one goes somewhere to go do something it's not even going to the damn grocery store it's not going by yourself you know you've got your group of your Your buddy's going, so we know he
2: had a burglary ring for sure, and he was stealing motorcycles, which is crazy because he was storing them in his uncle's garage, and he was riding around. This is near the end; we haven't gotten there yet, but he's riding around with a police sergeant on stolen freaking motorcycles.
1: Yeah, and he he, and he he didn't know that they were stolen. Riddle me that. Come on,
0: (laughs) I lied. Look, I think that when we wind up wrapping this up in several weeks down the road here, when we wrap this up, I truly believe that is the real key of of the fact that he was very close with his uncle. And there does seem to be a tremendous amount of stuff that was not followed up on. Right. Mm-hmm. Just was not followed up on. And, um, you know, because burglars don't make you murderers and murderers don't make you burglars okay right i will say this and i hope that this comes across correctly okay is with all that being said and all that being true um there just seems that he had some free reign i agree with you about the frat that's a that's a mindset it's not everybody's mindset it's not my mindset i've never functioned like that but other people have mindsets like that. It's very fratish. It's very packish. It doesn't mean everything they do is bad. Right. We're not alluding to that. But as far as him having people who could do that or get involved, yeah, and we, we, we know that. And, and there's a situation with Don where you have a witness that saw a couple of cars. So that is why I'm surprised when we, we, we talk about this that, that people do not look at that more. It sure wasn't in any of the other stuff and uh, i'm just gonna say this as we get to wrap up just the fact that he went to california with another person doing criminal activity the whole thing was built on a fraud.
1: i think i mean i think he just i have no doubt that he is a smart man was a smart kid right and he tested the waters with his burglar burglary ring and his other criminal activity which then you know led to where it led he has a uncle who is in law enforcement and he he knew he could get away with it and look at how long he did get away with it
0: and we only know of the people that we know of that were murdered. And mm-hmm. I agree with you. And by the way, the, not to try to get lost on another case, but in the Boston Strangler case, he definitely practiced breaking into people's houses and learning how to get in houses. And did mm-hmm. And if you can believe that one person did all of the, the Boston Strangler kind of killings, which that's up in the air. We know that, that was part of the equation. Right. Well,
1: because you learn on petty stuff like that, where if you get caught, oh, I was just trying to break in and, you know, myself to the ring or, you know, whatever it is, you know, you're not getting caught with blood on your hands. And there was a
0: buildup. So I think in both of those, I think you got it there. Okay, we're getting ready to wind up. This is more of the postscript and we'll be back next week with a with a fuller episode. But um, Robert, anything you want to say about the suspect coming up? Not the suspect um, coming up.
2: Only Alice uh, Callum. She is from Kalamazoo. She is a University of Michigan student, which was, if you remember, so was uh, Jane Mixer. She shot twice in the head. They do find her crime the crime scene and it's a gravel pit or something like that. So this one, it's, it's brutal, brutal like the, the last two. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he's getting sloppy he here. They are getting sloppy. Um, just, I mean, I'm almost all in that there were at least two, if not three killers. And that was why law enforcement kept saying, well, this is different. Well, they're all different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, if you get anything out of this one, is that they just, uh, the, the, the follow-up, there's a lot of things different. So Crystal, we appreciate you being on. You'll be on again soon. Um, We'll be better next week. And we'll be doing, you know, going into another case and another situation. So, We appreciate y'all and we thank everybody for watching and we'll talk to everybody again real soon. And
2: until then, hit like and subscribe and see you.